Preface The 50th anniversary of the Dallas assassination of President John F. Kennedy is sure to be marked with great and solemn attention, as it deserves to be. One needs only to look at the pictures of the presidential motorcade on November the 22nd, 1963, as it passed through the narrow streets of downtown Dallas, and see the spectators reach out and nearly touch the president in his open convertible, to wonder at how the world has changed. The terrible event is one of those times, like most recently the events of 9-11, during which anyone who was alive and conscious remembers with great vividness. Back then I was a 22-year-old research assistant and later speechwriter for Kennedy's Secretary of the Interior, Stuart Udall. Udall was gone that day, flying to Japan on a trade mission with other cabinet members. When the news came, the staff huddled around the television in the secretary's back room, listening to Walter Cronkite deliver the news in utter disbelief and horror. Over these last five decades, a warehouse of books and articles and films has been created about the murder and the commission that investigated it. One would think that history had come to a definite consensus. How far from the case that is? Was there one assassin or several? Was a foreign government behind the deed or some gangster group? It has even been suggested that Lyndon Johnson, Kennedy's successor, was somehow involved, or the CIA or the FBI. The theories and conjectures abound. And the farther we get from the event, the more truth seems to elude us. In a recent poll of Americans, 85% expressed belief in a conspiracy, even though no convincing evidence has been put forward to support that notion. This book is profoundly, unabashedly anti-conspiracy. The evidence is overwhelming that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone, with absolutely no encouragement from or involvement with a foreign government or a criminal organization. But the matter does not end there. Why would this wretched man with a ninth-grade education and a demonstrable admiration for President Kennedy pick up a rifle and set out on such a dastardly mission that day? I could never accept the explanation of the August Warren Commission that Oswald was possessed by grandiose notions and as a convinced Marxist hoped to bring down the U.S. government by decapitating its head. There had to be something deeply emotional in his makeup and visceral in his instincts that engaged his anger, an anger so great that it became a murderous rage. This book sets out to find that source. It substantially elaborates on my argument about the assassination that began with a Time magazine cover story marking the 25th anniversary of Dallas, November 28, 1988, and continued with my treatment of the event in my biography of John Connolly, The Lone Star, published the following year. In addition, I further developed my argument, first put forward in a November 22, 2005 Los Angeles Times op-ed piece, that focuses on the critical role played by JFK's back brace in those five critical seconds along Elm Street in Dealey Plaza. In the winter of 2013, accompanied by Dr. Lawrence Altman, the distinguished medical reporter for the New York Times and my colleague at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars, 
I viewed that corset at the National Archives in College Park, Maryland, as the first writer ever to do so. Sometimes, attacking a great and significant historical event from an oblique angle can lead to astonishing surprises. That was my experience here.